Hello! Welcome to Legendary Adventures, a Legend of Zelda podcast. This week we explore the first dungeon in the Legend of Zelda, level 1, the Eagle. I'm your host, Paul Riley. I'm a Zelda fan, and I'm exploring the evolution of the series by playing through each mainline Zelda game. No spin-offs, no multiplayer-focused releases, and I'm doing it in release order. First things first, how do we get to this dungeon? When The Legend of Zelda begins, players start on the screen in the southernmost center location on the map. We have four possible directions to travel, north, east, west, and a cave on the northwestern edge of the screen. While I can't say this with absolute certainty, I imagine most players head to the cave first. I know that I did. Inside players are met by an old man who utters one of the most iconic lines in the Zelda series ever. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Players are presented with the base sword in the game. But where do we go after exiting this cave? Luckily, the game's manual includes a walkthrough. It starts on page 40, and it leads players to the first dungeon. After getting equipped, it directs players to first travel north, then to head east, and then north for three screens. On the third screen, players should notice a bridge heading into the lake. Head west on that bridge, and players will reach a small island with five dead trees on it. The largest tree has a face with a gaping mouth that serves as the door to the dungeon. Don't have a manual? Well, the players largely left on their own to find their way. There are some hints in the way that the map is laid out. The screen immediately to the west of the starting screen has a formation creating an arrow pointing to the east. And the enemies on the screens east and north nearest to the dungeon are generally easier than the enemies encountered further away from the first dungeon. Now let's get to the main event, the dungeon itself. If you're wondering where the dungeon got its name, well, you could take a look at the manual right on page 34. The dungeon is listed with a picture representing it. I'm also going to post these pictures along with a map that I'm putting together of each dungeon on social media. You'll find it on Facebook, on Instagram, Legendary Adventures Podcast. Now, the manual encourages players to find a compass and a map inside the dungeon. The map reveals the dungeon's rooms and how they are laid out. It appears in the top left corner of the screen in that mini-map radar area. Once you find that map, you will find out that the dungeon is indeed laid out in the shape of an eagle. Like the picture in the manual, the eagle is looking to the left with its wings outstretched. It's not quite as symmetrical as the picture, however. Two additional rooms sit on top of the east wing. I'm not sure why this was done, as the intended image would be clearer without these rooms, but the shape of the eagle is still discernible. Entering the dungeon, we are actually in the feet of the eagle. An entrance to the north is closed. There's a prominent keyhole on the door that quickly makes it clear that we need to find that key to open it. Doors to the east and west are open. Each of those rooms presents a combat challenge. If we head to the east, we find a room filled with skeletons. These enemies are called Stalfos. The key that we seek can be seen between the bones of one of the Stalfos. This teaches players right away that certain enemies may carry specific items that can be acquired by defeating them. Once we get the key here, well, then we can head back west. In the western room, it's filled with bat enemies, referred to as keys. Defeating all these enemies reveals another key, teaching players that some rooms have to be cleared of all enemies in order to progress. 
we can then head to the north. On the second screen to the north, we'll find another key and a fork in the road. There are doors both east and west. Going east takes us to the room that contains the compass. This item reveals the location of the Triforce on the mini-map. That is our end goal of the dungeon. We can then double back and travel west, then north using a key along the way. This room contains a closed door on the west and a single block in the center of the room. This may well be the first dungeon puzzle within a Zelda game. Clearing enemies does not open this closed door. It reveals no items. Instead, after clearing the enemies, the players must push the block in the center of the room. Once they do, the door opens. There are those who disparage this puzzle as not being a true puzzle. I suspect that has something to do with the reuse across the game. I don't have an exact count, but there were only a limited number of rooms designed for the game. So we'll see a lot of reused rooms across all the dungeons in the game. So that means we'll see this puzzle again, but also variations on it. In fact, there's a variation on this puzzle later on in this dungeon. The reuse may make this seem trivial because players already have the answer. Can it really be a puzzle if you've already solved it? There are some variations throughout the game, but I think we'll have the players thinking just a little bit before they find the solution, especially one that we will see later on in level seven, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Inside the newly opened room on the west, we find an old man who offers this cryptic hint. Eastmost Peninsula is the secret. The hint is among the most debated in the series history. There are three possibilities of what this means that I will discuss in this episode. The first is that the man is simply referring to the location of the Triforce within the dungeon. It is located in the tip of the eastmost wing, and looking at the dungeon map, it's easy to see how it could be viewed as a peninsula. To me, however, this seems unlikely. Players get the exact location for the Triforce by collecting the compass, and they will likely collect the compass before ever coming to this hint. The other two possibilities can be found out on the overworld. The eastern edge of the map is bordered by an ocean. And the northeastern squares of the map are in fact a peninsula. Players who travel east to the beach and then north will find a dock. After obtaining a raft later in the game, players can launch from this spot to reach an otherwise inaccessible location in the game. There is a structure there with an old man inside and he gives the players a choice between a health potion and a heart container. The heart container expands the player's hit points permanently. The health potion can be used to refill hearts. That heart container is a secret worth finding indeed. However, there is another possibility to which secret the old man could be referring to. This one may even be more likely. If players continue from that dock west and then head north following the shoreline, then back east, Players will find a grove of trees that is exactly like the one on the island that contains the first dungeon. Passing through the mouth of the tree, players will find the money-making game. This is the mini-game contained within the original Legend of Zelda. It's a simple gambling game where players are given three choices. They make a blind guess. If they hit it right, they'll score money. Also on the screen, there's a false wall. It's located on the northeastern section of the screen, passing through the false wall players will find a structure that contains a friendly Mothwin. These are normally enemies, but this one is not. Instead, it offers to pay Link off to keep his silence about the fact that he is not supporting Ganon. He utters a second famous line from the game, 
It's a secret to everybody. This may well be the secret of the Eastmost Peninsula, or it could be that art container. It's hard to say for sure. The debate continues. Let's return now to the dungeon. Traveling east from the old man, players will find the room containing the dungeon map. The shape of the dungeon is revealed on the mini-map. Finally, we can see that it's an eagle as we've discussed. Players should then travel north to the head of the eagle, then west into the beak. Inside the beak is a room with blocks and a diamond shape surrounding a staircase. This is a variation of the block-pushing puzzle that we solved earlier. This time, the westernmost block on the diamond can be pushed to access the stairs, but only after we clear the room of enemies. Going down the stairs reveals a side-on, two-dimensional screen representing a sub-level of the dungeon. 2D segments of this are generally associated with later games in the series, Zelda 2 or Link's Awakening, but we can see that they got their start here. The 2D segments in the original Legend of Zelda are simpler than what would be found in later games. They're keeping in the spirit of being opposite of Super Mario Bros. There's no jumping. It's limited to only one screen, so there's no scrolling. In fact, there are only two layouts for the 2D rooms in the game. One features a long staircase on the left that we descend, and then an alcove reached by a staircase on the right to reach the item. The item contained here is the bow. It's an essential item to complete the game. However, it's not essential to complete this dungeon. Players not exploring every room could walk right past it. Even after obtaining the bow, players won't be able to use it until they buy arrows in a shop. However, this item cannot be skipped. Again, it is required to beat the game. We travel back the way we came to the room where we found the map and head east. In the next room, we battle with boomerang-throwing enemies called Gorias. Clearing the room of enemies will reveal a second item for this dungeon, the boomerang. We'll find that this is not the only dungeon containing two separate items in this original game, but this is something that becomes more rare as the series continues. Throwing the boomerang allows players to temporarily stun an enemy. It's an incredibly useful tool, but we won't have a lot of opportunity to use it within this dungeon. Traveling east, we'll find a room that contains a grid of blocks, a key, and some of the most frustrating enemies in any Zelda game, the Wall Masters. These are giant hands that emerge from the walls of the dungeon. It's extra frustrating, as this is the room just before the boss fight. In fact, we can hear the boss roaring from the other room as we grab the key, dodge the Wall Masters, and then go through that locked door. The boss of this dungeon is Aquamentus. It's a dragon with a single horn. It moves up and down while blocking a door on the east and flinging fireballs at Link. Three fireballs are shot at a time and they move in a parallel formation. Players can dodge in between the fireballs and then land hits to Aquamentus's head. Three hits with the sword and the beast will fall, leaving behind a heart container. This container appears directly within the path we need to take to reach the Triforce. It cannot be skipped. All other heart containers in this game will be optional, allowing players to craft the difficulty level to something that suits them. If you need it to be easier, you pick up the heart container. If you are an expert and you want extra challenge, you walk right past it. Traveling through the door to the west, players will find the Triforce. Picking it up refills their health and then transports them out of the dungeon. Next week, 
we head east and explore the second dungeon in the game, the moon. If you wish to follow along, please subscribe. I am Paul Riley. I've been your host. Thanks for listening.